catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number, I think, 28, maybe. I didn't really think to look just because I was kind of depressed from what happened today, which is going to be the main topic of conversation so people heard me clicking fidgetedly like I, I was looking for one, but I, I'm pretty sure number 28 was Darren Van Im, and he only played like a, f- a few games for the Islanders. Am I right? Yes, you are in yes, 2002. Yes, I am. Yes. We also ah. have Sebastian yes. Ajo and Marek Zidlitsky. Yeah, Zenon Kanopka, uh, Jonas Sundstrom, whoever he was. I, I barely remember him. Felix Potvin, Felix the Cat. <laughs> I'm super jazzed for today because I think we had an okay day, both as a site and as a New York Islanders fan. I had an okay day, but we'll, we'll get to that in a second. We're obviously at different ends of the spectrum, which was perfect for the piece that we wrote today. Are you serious? You're serious? Yeah. I'm not like super jazzed like we're going to win the Stanley Cup, but I'm I'm okay with what happened today. I don't know how to respond to that. I don't know what to say. All right, let's get into it then. Why are you Why are you happy? Okay, well, let's preface this. We're having this, we're recording our podcast early because today is trade deadline, super frenzy 2018, uh, where the NHL goes crazy for like an hour at 3 p.m. when everything comes in. Uh, and obviously that means that the Islanders did some stuff. They did two trades, not just today, but they did one trade specifically today where they sent out your boy Jason Chimera. Adios. And they brought in. Sorry? I said adios. Yeah, okay. I thought you said hate him, and I couldn't hear over my own jubilation. <laughs> um, so Jason Chimera, gone. Pack your, shh, my Commodore has been saying online, pack your hashtag S-H-I-T. Um, he's out. In comes Chris Wagner. Is it Wagner? Yes. I have it written down here. Uh, How could you be happy before, if you don't even know what the guy's name is, Mitch? I remember what he does. <laughs> no, I, that's I garbage. We talked about this yesterday. Okay. All right. So how do, you, how do we want to do this? Do you want to argue your side as to why the trade deadline was garbage? And I'll argue my side as to why the trade deadline was okay? Yeah, I guess so. 
Okay. Uh, so I, we forgot to mention one trade where Garth picked up Brandon Davidson from the Edmonton Oilers for, what was it, a third-round pick? Yeah, a third-rounder. Yeah. Okay. So I guess so, you want me to start and just talk about the endless mediocrity that is just the New York Islanders? Yeah, let, let's go through your morose, Eeyore-like world where everything is terrible. And then we'll get into my, like, not sunny, but like, hey, it's raining. Oh, well, it's not so bad. World. Uh, the two moves, in like, it, if you look at it through, like, a very minute lens, it's not terrible. Wow. Wow. Okay. Not a good start for your argument, but all right. But now here comes where the counterpoint comes in. The counter, the boom, boom, the one, two. This does absolutely nothing to help the Islanders' playoff chances this year or help John Tavares make a decision whether or not he wants to stay or not. They didn't address any of their major, major needs. They only slightly improved their roster on the fourth line and then added like their nine millionth sixth defender. <laughs> okay, sure. So I guess if you just run out like six sixth defensemen, then you're good? Like, is that Garth's logic here? I mean, Pellick, Mayfield, Seidenberg. What was the guy's name we traded for? Davidson. Davidson. Aho. That's five guys are just named who are borderline six defensemen. Okay. All right. That's is this what you're hanging your hat on? Is that they're not moving good. the needle they're, forward they're, for the Islanders? Sure. They're, they're not okay. good players. They're me- mediocre NHL players. I'm sorry, that doesn't do it for me, Mitch. Okay. All right. So so you're obviously looking for the huge big time deal where they bring in like this ridiculous player, Eric Carlson, OEL, even Ryan McDonough type thing. Yes. That's what you were looking for. Okay. Well, we already knew Garth wasn't doing that because he never does that. So you were already setting yourself up for disappointment. But I, I understand why you went for it. You, were, you weren't risk adverse and you were excited and you were hopeful. And I love that about you. And everyone else who had that same mindset coming into this, that you were hopeful that Garth Snow would do something big. Um, and he didn't. Um, so sorry for his disappointment, um, his constant disappointment. But that's what happened at the trade deadline. But what he did bring in are two players that shore up two aspects of the Islanders' game that is sorely lacking at the moment. And that's shot suppression and penalty kill. The Islanders are the second, lo- second worst penalty kill in the league. And Chris, Chris Wagner, Chris, I don't know why I had a list there for a second. Chris Wagner himself sat on a team with an 82.5 efficiency on the penalty kill ranked them 10th overall in the league now chris wagner didn't do the entire anaheim's duck penalty kill on his own but the guy spent on average two minutes and 26 seconds on the pk a night the guy had a serious say in the the anaheim's ducks penalty kill and if he's bringing that to the islanders that could only be a good thing so yes he plays fourth line minutes but if he if he's doing significant fourth line or good fourth line minutes and piling on some good penalty kill on top of that that's kind of win-win because what, what we're losing here with Jason Chimera, we're, we're not really losing any more. 
Or sorry, that that's really explaining it poorly. We're not losing anything by giving out Jason Chimmer and bringing uh, Chris Wagner in. We're only adding more positives to to what we already have. And let's be honest, the Islanders' game going forward doesn't need a shakeup. It's on the defensive side of things. So like the penalty kill, so not giving up so many power play opportunities and definitely not giving up a whole lot of shots, which is what Brandon Davidson does. Uh, Again, he's not your flashy type guy. He's not a big name player. A lot of us didn't even know who the heck he was when they traded for him. But the guy brings in, just just to give it like a, a consumable, digestible number, his shot differential this season is a plus six. There's no one on the Islanders on the defensive side of the game who has a positive plus six or has a positive number. The only players on the Islanders that have positive numbers are Jordan Eberle, Andrew Ladd, Matthew Barzal at plus 66, plus 42, plus 41. That's it. That's how wide the spread is when it comes to shot suppression on the Islanders. There are three players out of like 24 that have a positive number, and they're like they're sizable numbers, and then it falls off the cliff until you get to Ryan Pulak at number four with a minus nine. So what Gar Snow did is try to address areas that the Islanders aren't already good in, and then assume that everything else that's going well right now will continue to do so going forward. And if that is the case, the Islanders should win more hockey games. Mitch, question. Yeah, sorry. Before Saturday afternoon, when the first trade yeah. happened, yes, did you know either of those two people existed? Absolutely not. Exactly. This is the problem. How are we going <laughs> to sit here <laughs> and justify that? Oh, these are fantastic moves. The <laughs> Islanders are going to be in a playoff spot. They're going to be doing big things. Here we go. The turnaround is coming. And we didn't even know who they are just three days ago. How can we That's- sit here and justify that being a good trade deadline day? How does that matter? How does that matter if you knew who they were? Do you what? There's twenty some odd players, twenty three players per team minimum or maximum, and there's thirty two teams. So by my quick math, that's like six hundred players. Do you know all six hundred players? Do you know? No. Who, do you know who New Jersey acquired today? Do you know who Columbus acquired today? Yes, those I do. are I wrote two. It down. Yeah, exactly. But those are two teams who are in similar situations to the Islanders, and they exponentially got better. Where the Islanders maybe you could argue well, got better. Well, based on your argument, they got ex- exponentially better because they have names you recognize. That doesn't necessarily do anything. But they're better play. Come on, you don't think they're better players than what the Islanders just traded for? Potentially. Yeah, uh, sure. I'll give you that much that they're pr- Patrick Maroon, Michael Grabner, and Thomas Vanek are probably better players than Brandon Davidson and Chris Wagner. But on the flip side, John Tavares, Josh Bailey, Matthew Barzell... Jordan Eberle are fantastic players, and those teams have maybe one or two each. So we have four without getting into your Anders Lee, I didn't even name, who's, you know, what, a 32-goal scorer already? Like, that's the thing with the Islanders. They already have some good forward players. And uh, let, let's not mince my words. I made sure to, to say from the start that I think that this was an okay trade deadline. It's not to say that I'm coming in here thinking, yes. Cup baby, here we come. It's this was good moves. I where, where I'm I'm gonna agree with you is that this is very much of a risk averse policy to going for. It wasn't aggressive. It was very conservative, and it's very much Gar Snow putting faith in the product that he's already put on the ice. That's which, worked well the last twelve years. Exactly. So 
this this is going to be or should be a referendum on Gar Snow this trade deadline, whereas he clearly thought what I already have is good enough to do something. Whatever his expectations are, he thinks that the group he already has is good enough to get there. He just needed to add complementary pieces to that group, which he did. He did successfully. Um, now, whether they get him to that goal and what that goal is remains to be seen. But if they fail that goal, then that, that has to be a direct referendum on Gar Snow to say, you had too much confidence in the product you had, which we knew wasn't any good or wasn't as good as you thought it was. And so the problem is you, and you have to go. Do you think the Islanders make the playoffs? Do you think they're the yes. second? You think they're second wild card spot? Yes. You know they're getting and smoked so the by Tampa Bay, right? Uh, sure, like probably. Yeah, like I, I don't see them coming out of that, but like I will remain hopeful for a difference. Like it's possible. Listen, Wigan. I don't, I know you guys don't follow soccer, but Wigan beat Manchester City. Manchester City is like the best soccer team, maybe one top five soccer team in the world right now with the most expensive team possible facing a team, what is it, some like 60 positions lower than it on the on the pyramid. And when you looked at the analytics of the matchup, you're kind of going, oh, this other team that's 60 places back could actually cause an upset. And sure enough, they did. Like upsets are possible. Was that a one game or a seven game series? It was a one game. Oh, okay. It only counts on one game. Yeah. So if they played six more times, <laughs> if they play six more times, do you think that they win three? My point is only that they can make an upset, and I agreed with you from the start that I don't see it from an outset that the Islanders could beat the Tampa Bay Lightning because the the, the series is going to have to be a run and gun series. It's going to have to be. That's the only way the Islanders can hope to win, and the Tampa Bay Lightning can just have a better team from head to toe. Yeah, and they got Ryan McDonough today. Another good acquisition. But, right, but were the Islanders going to be able to be better than the Tampa Bay Lightning after this trade deadline? And what would they have had to do for to, so you could say, yes, they could beat anyone in the NHL come playoffs or in the regular season? What would they have had to do today? I don't know if they could have gotten to that point, but if they got a top four defender, then you're actually making yourself a much more competitive team. Theoretically, Brandon Davidson's going to be a top four defender. Just saying. <laughs> no, you know what I mean, Mitch. I, yeah, I know. Just because yes, he slots right. in there doesn't mean that he's actually like top four quality. He's only a top four because our top four isn't very good. Or our bottom four isn't right. very good. And if you improve that, there's a better chance of you moving up the Metro and then playing a team like Columbus or New Jersey who I'd feel much more confident in playing than the Tampa Bay Lightning or whoever else out of the Atlantic. Right. Well, if they move, like, I, let's be honest here. I don't, I don't see them getting into a seated position. Not now, right? but like if they had a top the four, if they had a top four defender, I think we're having a different conversation. I don't think so, if, but maybe. If they brought maybe. in OEL, you don't think they could move up into the third slot? No. Really? No, I don't. I don't. I really don't. I, I like OEL. I like what he brings. But what the Islanders needed is everything. We know what the Islanders needed. They needed to stop bleeding shots, and they needed to control the game more. And they haven't been doing that. Now, does Brandon Davidson and Chris Wagner in and of themselves do that? Probably not. But it helps them achieve that goal. Um, is that going to be enough to win enough hockey games to make the playoffs? Probably. To do some damage in the playoffs? Probably not. 
But I think that's all that Garcinos is trying to do here is just make the playoffs. And just make the playoffs. Uh-huh. And you're going to say to that, well, that's not good enough, and I don't disagree for the double negative. So then it's not a successful deadline day then. I never said it was successful. I said they had an okay deadline. And even then, like, success is what? We're measuring success on what? If they can win the Stanley Cup? Well, you said that from the beginning that they can't. They're not going to be able to do that. So if we're measuring success that they're trying to uh, better themselves in areas where they weren't good at, then yes, they were successful. And there's no way that you can say they, they weren't if that is your metrics for success. Okay, so then if I'm wrong in that aspect, can I say that you're okay with their mediocre deadline day? Sure. If you're going to put in those facetious words, then yes, absolutely. I'm the passive-aggressive king. Don't come at me, Mitch. (laughs) Yes. I'm just going to go with it and double down, and yes. I'm okay with what they did, um, so long as you understand that there is no way that they can come at this thing and say, we are going to win the Stanley Cup by the moves we made at the deadline. They They still can. They still very much can. It's just hard to imagine. Right, like if they make the playoffs, would you say there's no way they win the Stanley Cup? No, you're still going to hold on and say they they could, but I would like to think that they could have made some better moves to make it more obvious to me. I just thought that in Tavares's walk year, they'd put a better effort into winning. Fair enough. Yeah, sure, but a- a- again, how? What give up one of their first rounds for Evander Kane? No, not like, a forward. What would they have had to give up for Ryan McDonough if that's the guy that you're going after? Because don't forget, the Tampa Bay Lightning got Ryan McDonough and JT Miller. Yeah. So those are those are two pretty good pieces. So they had they would have had to give up what they the Islanders, a, assuming that the New York Rangers would just take the the same uh, the same deal from the Tampa Bay Lightning. So we're, we're not adding the rivalry factor into the mix yet. It would take at least Brock Nelson. Yes. At, l- at least someone like that. So that's like your Nemestikov, and they might even take something a little bit more than that. Um, they would take at least a first-round pick. They would take a second-round pick. And didn't they give something else to Tampa Bay? Or, sorry, the New York Rangers? They, Help me out here. Yeah, they gave them two prospects. Was it two? Or yeah. just the one. It was a forward prospect and a defense defensive prospect. Right. Brett Howden and Lieber Hayek. So and like those aren't blue chip prospects by any stretch of the imagination. So think um Van, defensive prospect. Van Sample. Sure, Van Sample and forward prospect, I don't know, like uh Delco. No. No. <laughs> Who then? What other prospect? I don't prospect? know. You're I not giving know, up bellows. No, well, obviously not. That's definitely a blue chip prospect. We're, we're talking about like a B prospect. That's Del Cole at this point. I guess. Sure. So, okay, then Nemestikov, first round, second round, Del Cole and Van Sample for JT Miller and Ryan McDonough. That's what we'd have to give up. And you're okay with that. Plus, Brock, I said Brock Nelson already, didn't I? You said Nemestikov instead of Brock Nelson's name, but I knew what you meant. <laughs> I did mean Brock Nelson. We somehow got Vladislav Nemestikov all of a sudden. I just like saying that yeah. name because it's so and we're getting it J- so complicated. We're getting JT Miller and Ryan McDonough for that? Yeah. Yes. Mm. I wouldn't think That's twice about it. Yeah, I, I, saying it out loud, it sounds pretty good. 
Uh, we'd obviously probably have to give up more because of the uh, the whole rivalry factor, but I don't know. But does that does that make us already there's, a favorite? There's your third line center and your top four. Miller. Yeah, and the fourth uh, top four defenseman. Does that does that make us a contender? You have to hope that Halak's on his game, but I would say it makes you a lot closer. I think you'd. Be, yeah. I think you're pretty close to a contender at that point, Mitch. I guess so. I just. Uh, I guess my hookup is that this never would have happened because. I think you kind of convinced yourself as you went through and gave that trade. I like it. I definitely like the trade. I just like everyone else to say that'll never happen because it's New York to New York, and for some reason they can't talk. Although New York to New Jersey, no problem. Montreal to Toronto, no problem. That's why I said, how many times have I written in the past year that the New York Islanders and Rangers should end the embargo? I had, I wrote it out a I trade know. for Ryan McDonough just a mere days ago. I know. I did, I did one weeks ago when they first started. They sent out the letter. It makes sense. It made sense with what the Islanders needed. It just, we knew it wasn't going to happen because it's New York. They hate each other for regionality I think. Reasons. Just because we went through that whole long trade thing, uh, this was mine was a 2018 first round pick, Brock Nelson and Mitch Van de Sample for Ryan McDonough, not JT Miller. I said that a couple of days ago, right? And like that seems to be you might have to add more based off of what they 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 did here, but like that's not too far off. No, and I would so not even you. I wouldn't blink at that. I wouldn't think twice about it. I'd do it. So that's what it would have taken for me to be happy with this trade deadline. Yes, Mitch. Okay, we figured well, it out. So you're ne- you're never going to be happy, Sorry. unless they did something big. What is wrong with thinking and hoping that your GM actually shows some form of competence at the trade deadline and does something to try and win? Absolutely nothing. And I said exactly. Beginning, that's what I love the most about you. Exactly. So I'm not okay with accepting the mediocrity. That's why I'm so riled up and upset about this. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's maybe I made bed with the mediocrity issue. Oh, so it's, already. Well, Tavares lost because they trade for a millionth, seventh D-man and a fourth liner at the deadline. That shows what we really needed. I, to me, it shows more that Garcino has a lot of faith in what he has already. Whether that's a good thing or not, we'll see. Um, oh they're gonna they're a bubble team. They're always going to be a bubble team if they continue yeah. down this route. It's Garcino's rolling the dice on himself. He's betting on himself. Good. And I hope they doing right now. kick his ass to the curb after this year. I think it'll happen. If he, if they don't make the playoffs, I'd have a hard time finding why he could stay. It'd be no. it'd be insane. It'd be insane. And the billboards went up today too. Did they really? Yeah, I was gonna say that right, so for the social segment, but yeah, we'll save it for the social segment. Let, let's get into some other stuff that's probably just as depressing. All right, so their well, last for you, anyways. Yeah, their last two games, they took two L's. Big L's. Uh, Two out of three, right? They took they took an L before that. Yeah, I think they did. I think you're right there. Um, so they lost in a shootout, and then they lost a tough one to the Devils. I'm going to be honest. I didn't see much of the Devils game. I tried watching on my phone on the trade ride home, but, I mean, that just wasn't <laughs> happening. No. Um, I, I was here watching it, and uh, it wasn't great of a game. The Islanders were, were, were definitely in control for, I'd say, 40 minutes of it, and then it just came apart in the, fourth, in the third period, the fourth period, in the third period where they just they couldn't get anything going. The Devils, two quick goals, 
And that was it. Yeah, I saw the second Game Palmieri over. goal. That was completely untested going into the slot. And I think that was a few times that that had happened um, in, that, in that game. I think it happened at the beginning of the game, and I said, CC Brandon Davidson, this is what you're going to have to deal with, um, making sure players don't get a free shot into the slot. Like, an attacking player shouldn't be able to just kind of go into the slot area. And it's not like he had a defender on his back. He just went from behind the net to the front of the net, and no one stopped him. That's when you get the lumber and you cross-check the crap out of that guy. <laughs> or you, you maybe not cross-check, but you lay an elbow into him. You, you nudge him quite physically off the puck, and you tell him, you can't come here. Not in my house. Yeah. And none of our defenders have been doing that. No. And uh, I believe the Islanders' first line was on the ice for both those goals. Um, I don't know about the entire first line, but at least John Tavares was, and, and, and we'll get to that in a bit. Yeah. Um, the shootout loss to Toronto also bothered me because I thought that was a game they should have won in regulation too. So why is it just because of that that last that third goal that they gave up that you didn't like, or just that whole? That's a game they should have won. They were up two nothing. Yeah, that's true. They can't close out games. That's the thing. They 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 can't seem to control a game when they're ahead, which is a problem. That you have to have the resolve to close out a game when you're winning, especially when it comes to the playoffs. Well, maybe not especially all the time because if you're losing points, you won't get to the playoffs where you can enact that plan if you're not winning now. That's a problem. I don't. I don't know how they fix it. Hopefully, the the addition of Brendan Davidson helps. The of <laughs> I can't helps, believe you're saying that with a straight face. <laughs> hopefully, oh my god, and maybe it does. Maybe that's all they needed. I doubt it. I have my doubts, but at worst, it's only going to be. It's going to be a marginal improvement. That's at worst. It's it's oh. going to be an improvement, however marginal. That's worst case scenario for the Islanders. That's why I'm saying the trade deadline was okay because they didn't get worse. They got better at the very least marginally. Uh, for those who aren't watching, which is each and every one of you, I just rolled my eyes at Mitch <laughs> in this video conference. <laughs> I have my screen minimized, so I, I'm looking at like my four other windows that I have open. Okay, so you didn't see me. but I didn't see you, but I heard it very much in the tone of your voice. Yes. I'm not oh, mad. I'm God. just disappointed. Like some 16-year-old girl and mean girls. Oh, God. <laughs> Ooh. I didn't watch it, but I assume that's what they did. Um, I've only seen parts of it. I know we're probably going to get slack because that's like a, a very I'm gonna big have to film. I'm going to watch it now. I'm gonna have to, my wife's going to make fun of me, but I'm going to have to watch Mean Girls. We are. Just for quotability. Just so we're relevant in pop culture. <laughs> and I like talk. 12 years ago. <laughs> oh, my. So, any, do you got anything else on the last two games? Or just, um, I think there's, there's a few things that they that, that I wanted to cover. Sure. But the main one is can they make the playoffs? And you kind of already answered that before. Well, mm. I don't think you did. I think you asked me if they could make the playoffs, and I answered, but you did not answer your own question. No, I don't think they're playing enough to make playing well enough to make the playoffs. Well, of course they're not playing well enough right now. They got three losses in a row, um, but that's a three game sample size. So over the month, do you think that they? Looking at the month in and of itself, do you think they can make the playoffs based off how they've played in the last calendar month? Considering they've been garbage since December, no, I don't think they're making the playoffs. Okay. I think there's still hope because 
their of course. quote unquote garbage play has them two points out of the playoffs. Because they're not the only team that's been garbage right now. The Columbus Blue Jackets have been bad. The Devils haven't been good. The only thing we have to worry about right now is those darn Panthers who are what, seven three and zero or something in their last ten? Straight fire coming out of Miami. The two teams you just referenced in the Metro had a lot yep. better of a day today than the Islanders. Do you think so? Why? Yes. The, the, the Blue Jackets got Thomas Vanek. There's a, there's, a, there's a good player there. There used to be a good player there. I wouldn't say there's one now. They got Kuchowinski, whoever the heck that is, and whatever the heck he does. Um, like we say in French, like what does he even do during the winter? Like, I don't know anything about this guy. I don't know what he's going to add, but sure. If he's going to solve whatever woes the Columbus Blue Jackets has that you're holding your hat for, then I guess I'll give you that one. And Ian Cole, which is he couldn't even last in Ottawa because he was worth more not on that team that he was for, or sorry, what he could bring was worth more than him playing on that team. And you don't think the Devils got better today? I, to me, the verdict's out on Patrick Maroon. Can he play not with Connor McDavid? Maybe. And we saw Michael Grabner just on Saturday. He looked okay in the Devils, but like he wasn't very threatening outside of on the penalty kill. So, yeah, I guess. So that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, they got good because they got names, but that names don't do anything. And the only other team that's close to us is Detroit, and they sold Thomas Tatar. So I'm not too worried. The, the, the Panthers did nothing. I'm not too worried about, although the Panthers didn't really need to do anything because they're so good right now. I'm not too worried about it. I think they do it. I think they can make the playoffs. But that's just... So then which team ahead of the Islanders right now doesn't make the playoffs? The Blue Jackets. All right. I think we're going to have to agree to disagree. Okay, fair enough. Let's go into something that we both can agree on then. Yes. Mitch's boy. Yes. Friend of the show. Yes. Josh Bailey. Yes. Six year. Oh, baby. $30 million extension. Ah! Yes. Your words. So happy. I'm so happy. Um. I know that we had a comment on, on, on Twitter that we laughed about it a while ago. I tried to go back to the other episodes, and I, and I couldn't necessarily find it. I'm, I'm almost certain we were laughing about the fact that he might get a deal before Tavares, and that, that was just how Garth does, does his business. Um, but seeing how the season has gone now and how Tavares is very clearly going towards free agency, there was no other way that this was going to happen. We knew that Josh Bailey was going to get signed first as the season progressed. You it did? Just, it just made sense. Well, it just made sense. I, I, I would hope that Tavares would get signed first, but like, it, it didn't seem likely. It seemed that John Tavares was hell-bent on getting that one week where he could talk to other teams. I don't know. I thought with Bailey's year that he would want the same privilege. I mean, I'm That so- Bailey would want to go somewhere else? No, that he'd want to talk to other teams. I mean, Are you if kidding he- me? Why what? the heck would he do that? No way. He signed for $5 million because he's like, I know what I did for eight years there, and I know what I've got here. I'm good. This is guaranteed money. I don't want to go somewhere and ruin this because who knows what's going to happen in 
three months from now? Do I get injured? What if a team doesn't have any faith in me and I, I'm just signing for five years and I can only get three or sorry for five million in three years somewhere else? No way. You're going to give me what I think I can get the most out of out of my current situation. Done. Lock it down. I'm good. I think he might have got more on the open market. I, I don't disagree that someone might have offered him that, but what I'm thinking is he probably looked at it going, I could get that much more, but I could get less. And I'd rather get what I know than what I don't know. I mean, I'm so happy that he took the deal. I think it's fantastic for the Islanders. Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of, if he continues his point per game production at a $5 million cap hit, that's another bargain contract that the Islanders have. The problem is they have too many contracts where they're overpaying people. There's no like middle ground. Right. It's either you're getting like a ridiculous bargain or you're way overpaying somebody. Right. And, and then the bargain is gone because you're overpaying for someone in your fourth line. Exactly. Right. Like the, the, the only reason the Pittsburgh Penguins could keep adding players like Phil Kessel or who's like top player in the league right now or Derek Broussard, who's one of the best playoff performers in the league, right? There's what there's four, the four best playoff point producers in the last like five years are, I don't know all four of them. There's one I'm missing, but there's Crosby, Malkin and Broussard. All right. Phil Kessel. (laughs) Yeah. The Penguins are stacked. They have all four. All four. There's, there's a fifth one that, that I'm, not, I'm not thinking of. It's probably like Carlson or something, but it's, it's probably not. Yeah, because um, outside of Malkin, Crosby, and Kessel, none of their forwards really make big money. Yeah, exactly. They keep the the the, 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 the bottom tier as bottom tier players, and then they keep they just pay their big guys, which is what you do. You they just and they just happen to get those big guys on good deals, like Crosby at eight point seven. Oh. Fantastic. Even Malkin at nine and a half is a good deal, contract. Heck yeah. So like they, they looked out as to when they got them and how like the economics of the league kind of took place, but they took full advantage of that advantage. Whereas the Islanders have not. Must be freaking nice is what I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, agreed. But I think, again, we got to hit on it. We are happy for our boy Josh Bailey. Uh, do you think he keeps up this kind of production? Uh, I I want to say yes, but I don't I don't think so. Does he regress to forty points? No, I I I think that's long and done. I'm sorry, I don't think he regresses to forty points immediately. He will eventually. It's going to happen. It's just I think he stays that off for another two three years, and then we might have a year of Josh Bailey at 5 million where he's playing like he did in the first six years of his, or the first eight years of his NHL career, um, which I'm okay with if we're getting three to four years of 60 to 80 point Josh Bailey. I was going to say, if he averages 65 points over the next three years, are you, you're still okay with this contract? Yeah. Yeah. Same. I'm still okay with it. It's 5 million for what would be, like you said, a 65 point player. That's pretty good. Like they're giving out five million now for forty to fifty point players. So yeah, heck yeah, I'm okay with or that. Or less. Look at Andrew Ladd. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Well, yeah. Oh God, what a terrible deal. Again, an- another idea. Like if you. Oh man. I, I, anyways, I'm I'm good with that. I don't I don't <laughs> want to keep talking about Andrew Ladd. I really don't. Right now, uh, he started off the season well, and his Corsi numbers are good, but. 
at a certain point, you're kind of like, can you translate that good Corsi numbers into some production, please? Yes. And that's not happening. No. Which but, makes me the saddest boy in Canada. But you're just the happiest boy in Canada talking about your boy, Bailey. Hey, you should see how quickly my mood swings are. A very emotional guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, did you have anything else on your boy, Bailey? I, I'm, just, I'm just pleased. It's a good deal for the cap. It's a good deal for him. It's, a, it's just a good round deal. Um, so, so far, Garth hasn't struck out. He hasn't had too many strikes right now. Yeah. He doesn't make the playoffs. That's immediately strike one, two, and three, and then he's out. Or he's, he's already sitting on, on like 15 strikeouts. It's just now he hasn't added to that strikeout count. We're still we sending him back up to the plate. Come on, Garth. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. A lot of averages, buddy. A lot of averages. You've got to hit one out of the park eventually. Yep. And he still hasn't done that yet. Oh, God almighty. Unless he gets, like Tavares said, like $8.5 million a year. That win is a grand slam out of the park. Could you imagine? But then what do you do with that money you give to Brock Nelson? <laughs> That's what he'll do. That's what'll happen. Wait, wait, I don't want to bring back the I don't want to bring back the trade deadline for a second, but I think I'm gonna have to. Okay. Why didn't the Islanders trade Brock Nelson once they saw what this market looked like? Well, what was being offered, do we know? No, but I think they could have gotten a pretty decent pick for it. They probably could have got a second round for it, but they've already got two. What do they need a third one for? Another for You're the same picks. guy who's just like, I don't want to trade picks. I want to have as many picks as possible because <laughs> I love prospects and the draft picks and waiting forever for prospects to come. And then they're garbage when they get here, like Ryan Strom and Brock mm-hmm. Nelson and Michael yeah. Dalcole and yeah. everybody else. Yeah. Are you done? No, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I, okay. I understand why you would want picks when it's time to pick up picks. And we have them. We have two first, two first rounds. We have two second rounds. When I said I don't want to trade them, I don't want to trade them for whatever. I don't want to trade a first round pick for... Who did they trade a first round pick for today? Um, obviously, Thomas Tatar got a first, second, and third. That's insane. That's nuts. Uh, of course, that third is from like three years from now in 2021. But still, it's still a third. Evander Kane was a first. A first and a second. Or sorry, conditional fourth. Um, who else got a first? McDonough. Paul Statsny got a first. Ryan Hartman got a first round pick. Which, they're, they're good players, don't get me wrong. Um, but we're not going to get a first round pick. for Rick Nash got a first round pick. So, you know what? I, I rest my key. If we could have got a first-round pick for Brock Nelson, sure, fine, do it, done. I'm okay with that. You could sell some idiot GM that Peter Shirelli, there you go, get him on the horn, say, here, we'll give you a 20-goal score, 40-point guy for a first-round pick. Third-line center, Pete, come on. Mm -hmm. I still can't believe Rick Nash got a first, Ryan Spooner, Matt Bolesky, Ryan Lindgren, and a seventh-round pick. That's insane. Rick Nash hasn't been good in three years. And he like, got a first. I understand they, they, they would have had to make some room. Um, did the Rangers keep any salary? Someone told yeah, me they, they kept did. 50% of, of yes. Nash's salary. Yes. So, But it's only for the rest of this year, and then he's a UFA. No, I, I realize that, but they still took a first-round they, – they, they got a first-round pick. Well, I guess – I guess. That's still a lot. That's still a lot, even at 50% Rick Nash, because that's still, what, 3.75 mil? 
something, something like, like that. that. My math is off there. Is obviously seven point eight divided by two is what? Three point five plus four, so three point nine. No, my math is still off. I have no right idea. Beside me. Let me just. This is not a math. This is not a math podcast. Calculator. Three point nine. I had it right. Hey. There we go. So there we go. Okay. Do we do we want to get to, to, to something else that might make us mad again? Yeah, let's go back to being mad. Um, <clears throat> Yay. John Tavares has been getting a lot, a lot of hate online for his play recently. I know he looked awful against the Devils, but Mitch, I ask you, is yeah. that worth all the hate that Tavares is getting? No, no. A thousand <clears throat> times no. I understand giving him some flack. Yes, he looked bad on both goals against the Devils because he was not entirely to blame on the first one, but it didn't look good where the back check, he just kind of, you know, the, the controller died type thing where he yeah. just floated into the the off the defensive zone. Um, he didn't apply any back pressure there. Uh, but on, on the second Palmeria goal, Palmieri just walked by him like he wasn't there. The battle around, down by the boards... And just walked across him, and, and Tavares almost did nothing. So again, he looked terrible. And then people are going, well, he's been terrible recently. In his last 10 games, he has six points, which I agree for Tavares isn't amazing, but that's still pretty darn good. He's got four goals, two assists, three power play points, and 27 shots on goal. He's averaging almost three shots a goal a night. That's pretty good. The guy is still generating chances. It's just not going in for him, and that happens to players. That's a thing that happens. Um, now to say, uh, trade him, he's done. I'm, uh, he's dead to me. Come on. Like, the guy's been here since 2009-10, carrying the team on his shoulders. He's going to have a few off nights. That's going to happen. And he's going to have a few off nights every year. That's what happens to every single player in the NHL. Yeah. It doesn't matter who it is. Right, and he still ha- he has 64 points in 63 games. If you look at the entire season as a whole, instead of microing in on the last couple of games, he's having a good year. Yeah, and it's not to say that you shouldn't criticize him. He is free of criticism. No, that's not what we're saying. We agree that he looked bad on those two goals, and throw him some flax and like, that looked bad, JT, that was bad. But to then say, like, we don't need him anymore, or he should be traded, or what a terrible captain, hold the phone a second here. I understand 2018 is the year of instant reaction, but, like, let's just calm the heck down for two seconds and just look at the guy's body of work, like you said, even just this year, and realize, in context, yes, he was still bad in those plays on that game, but overall, he is... Not a terrible player, and trading him is still a bad idea. Right, and doesn't he deserve the benefit of the doubt for how many years upon years he carried this team on his back? Heck, even the in the playoff round they won. In Game 6, he willed the Islanders to their first playoff series win in almost a quarter century, and we're still going to get on this guy for not being a good leader? That's a joke. Yeah, like, I, again, I, I, I get the criticism for that game, I just don't get the um, what's the escalation from there to like trade him. Where has he been the last fifteen, sixteen games? Even though he's got six points in his last ten, like he's one of the more productive Islanders right now. I just I, I, I don't get it. 
I understand everyone's got to have an opinion. Everyone's got to have a take. But if you're going to just throw something out there, at least say you're just throwing it out there. Because then I, I can deal with that. I can say like, okay, cool. You're just you're, – you're hot-headed. That's fine. I get it. You're entitled to that. But to be then – to like double down, like, no, I'm serious. No, you're not. Come on. You're just being – you're just trying to have a hot take opinion. That's all you're trying to do. And it's, it just gets annoying when you see it time and time and time and time again. Yeah. I. It's a frustrating one because I I already said it, but to see everything that he's done for this franchise and then people like turning their backs so quickly just because it's been a bad season for the Islanders overall and he's struggling and he might walk is mind-boggling to me. Listen, can we can we agree that it hasn't been a bad season? It just hasn't been a good season. Like that's an important differentiation to make here. A frustrating season. There you go. Right, because and I think you'll agree with me is that the expectations one was that they could make the playoffs and they would take a step forward from last year, and they literally haven't because they're kind of exactly at the same spot. Right. Right. So it's not that they've been bad; it's that they haven't been good. And I know that sounds like well, that's the same thing. It's not. Being bad is Arizona, Buffalo. Being good is Boston, uh, Washington. That those are good teams, but the Islanders haven't been either or. They haven't been bad, but they haven't been good. Yeah, they're kind of somewhere in the middle, right? Which gets us back full circle to what you're saying when we started the show. See what I did there? I was so good. Laid it all out like a yeah, master we, plan. We come full like circle. Master pianist playing the piano, like Beethoven, writing a symphony. I'm just tuning my own horn. <laughs> I'm just being egotistical. Uh, I see you wrote down this in the running order. I wanted to ask you what this means. Feels like he wants us to break up with him rather than breaking up with us. <laughs> what does that so, mean? For, for a while, I was, I was almost convinced that he wanted to leave, but he didn't want to tell Islanders fans that he wanted to leave. So it's kind of like you're in a relationship with someone that you just don't like anymore, but you're comfortable. So you're like, well, I don't want to break up with this person. So I'm going to be like the shittiest person I can be to this person so that they break up with me and that I don't have to be the bad guy. (laughs) Genius. I love it. So then I could have some fun being a complete jerk and then I get what I want out of it anyway. Exactly. I come out ahead anyways. So he's the guy that's like just being sloppy around the house, not picking up his clothes, not putting his dishes away, just, you know, scratching his downstairs area when it's not necessarily appropriate, um, belching at the table, um, you know, just, just inconsiderate type things. Not that you would immediately break up with that person there, but just grind you over time. It feels like that's what's happening to this fan, fan base, or is that for some reason, it's not justified, but they feel like it's he's not living up to the expectation and it's just grinding on them slowly where they're like, you know what? I'm done. Just go. And JT's like, all right, I got it. Perfect. That's exactly what I wanted to do. Now, I don't necessarily believe that. It was me just kind of trying to think of a scenario as to why he did what he did against New Jersey because it just didn't make any sense. The no back check, he was in perfect position to do so. I don't think it was a necessarily long shift. Um, The Palmieri thing, the guy plays lacrosse. The guy knows how to take a body out, and he didn't do it. So what the heck? So that that was my that was my instant take. I wasn't as dramatic as most people. I thought I'd just be funny. So then, in your theory, when 
Tavares goes and signs with the Rangers, it's like when your ex-girlfriend goes Whoa. and hooks up with one of your buddies. Sure, yeah, yeah. I just I didn't want to utter those words on this podcast more than once, but if Tavares goes to the Rangers, yes, it'll be just like that. If an ex-girlfriend dumps me and goes to her, to the Newark, <laughs> dates one of my buddies. Wow. Although it never happens. So I don't know exactly what that feels like. No. Hopefully we don't have to uh, feel that pain and suffering. Ever. I don't want to be outside the window with the boom box in the rain like, <laughs> baby, come back. Oh, man. That would be rough. That would not be fun. Um, do you have anything to end the show on a positive note? I, I wrote social there, but I, I figured we spend so much time on the deadline, on this emergency deadline podcast that I, I didn't actually look up what people have said on, on um, social. Enough, I, I looked it up, but not enough to write down tweets and who they came from. I have a very broad spectrum of a couple quick things we could talk about. Okay. One, the billboard, which you already mentioned oh, earlier. yes. Both of those went up. Good. I, I hope they do something. I seriously do. I, I didn't give them any money, but I don't necessarily disagree with what they're doing. I think that's perfect empowerment. What do you think? Yeah, I know I think... we already kind of talked about it, but how do you feel now that they're actually up? Um, I think that, I mean, I hope they get what we want out of it, where they realize, hey, the fans are really adamant about this. But I'm not necessarily sure anyone who's not an Islanders fan is going to know what that means. It Which is, is fine. This isn't for non-Islanders fans, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Like I, I saw one tweet, and I'm, I'm going to not remember his name. I think it's Matt. I don't know. Anyways, he said that the billboards made him feel the proudest he's ever felt as an Isles fan since, I forget who, Player X for the Islanders knocked Mario Lemieux down in 93. Um, and that, that's a big deal. And I think that's the importance of the billboard. It's empowerment. And it's making f- fans feel like they have a say in the direction of their team yeah. while not actually getting a say in the direction of the team. So it placates both sides in a way, whereas it sends a message to the owners and it gets that um, visceral feeling for the fans to feel like we're doing something. And they are. And uh, I, I think message received. Now, will the ownership act on that? Pfft, I doubt it. They're not going to act on it because of the billboards. They'll act on it because of results. Right. I think that's fair. Yeah. And my other one that we could talk about is Brett Yormark's comments. Oh, why did you have to bring that up? Uh, Brett, listen. Uh, we know you're listening. <laughs> you are a clown. We never liked you in your stupid arena. And I can't wait to get out of there. Good day. Love, Matt. Love, Matthew. Sincerely, Matthew. <laughs> Sincerely, P.S., no love. P.S., you suck. P.S.S., uh, no love again. <laughs> what a dirtbag. What a <laughs> terrible thing to say. And he's, like, we're still playing. He's still paying us. I don't understand what his game is here. We're still, he's still paying us. We're still going to play in both of, both of his arenas. Yeah, for, I what, three years? I know. What is he thinking? Like, is, is again, I'm going to bring this back to a relationship thing. Like, I'm going to be such a dick to these people that they're going to want me. That doesn't work. That's not an actual strategy that works. Oh, my God. 
Yeah, he's the he's going with the route where like he's trying all the put downs so that yeah. she feels bad and then comes back. That doesn't work. That's not a thing. Why would anyone think that's a thing? I feel so bad for girls who have to deal with that. Hey, baby, your eyes are gross. <laughs> Thanks. Get the f out of my face. Like, why would that? Why would anyone think that works? Oh God! I really feel bad for yeah. women today. Like, I I feel bad for other reasons as well. But like that, that is not a good one. That is, they go out and like, hey, they get harassed, hoping that they get picked up. What? <laughs> why? You're oh. just. Oh, don't worry. You're just a rental for prom. Then after that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what your mark said, no? Oh my, yep, yep, that's basically what he said. Oh my god. Oh. Oh man, I can't believe this franchise sometimes, like, the drama that we get ourselves into. I don't, it just doesn't make any sense. And we, we've done nothing wrong. Hey, can we get the scoreboard centered? No. Okay. Can we get seats where we can see the game all the time? No. Alright. Can we get ice that is ice all the time? No. What can we get? You can have free Wi-Fi so you can watch the game on your phone. Well, thank that doesn't help. I already paid the ticket. I could watch it at home if I wanted to. <laughs> like, oh, we'll put your banners up. Yeah, I would hope you'd put our banners up, <laughs> we'll Brett. Put your banners up. We'll acknowledge your team plays in this building. Yeah. We'll acknowledge we give you $50 million a year by putting... Some fabric up in the the rafters, I guess. Whatever. Like, this is insane. I can't believe that he actually said these things. It's just... Ah. Ah. Those are my emotions. My raw emotions came out. They weren't words. They were just, like... Caveman noises. Yeah. Ah. Ah. I'm not going to be able to speak tomorrow because of these sounds that I'm making. What a day in Isles Land, Mitch. Another day in the life. I think it was good not only for us to have a little, like, therapy session, but for, like, Islanders fans listening to this. I don't know. I don't think there's any other podcast coming out today. So you could kind of just, like, listen and hear us vent our frustrations slash semi-positivity for some odd reason. And then, uh, yeah, just get in the feels with us. I don't like what this did here. We had some, like... Freaky Friday thing going on with our emotions where now you're the chipper guy and I'm super upset and downtrodden. I am now Eeyore and you're Tigger. I don't get it. What happened? <laughs> We're both very emotional people and we go like way back and forth. Yeah. We are the, what is it? The bipolar of Islanders podcasts. Yeah, we are. But I think if I think it works, <laughs> it, it fits because most Islanders, Islanders fans are bipolar, no? I'm not going to say that. Okay. <laughs> uh, thanks for backing me up, bud. I was just like, they are my pillar, right? And you're like, burr, burr, there's a bus, and it just nope. hit Matt. <sighs> what a teammate. What a teammate. Well, on that I'm note, raising the roof. this has been the emergency State of the Isles post-trade deadline podcast. As always, make sure to go to the website, eyesonisles.com, for all your Islanders' needs. And thank you for going to the website so much today to mm-hmm. all the, uh, to the viewers. Thank you for that. Um, you could follow us on Twitter at FS and give us a like on our Facebook page as well, facebook.com slash Isles. My personal Twitter is at MattOlearyNY. 
Mitch's is at T-L-O Mitch. Hey, guess what, Matt? I didn't have to delete once today. Oh, so I was Ooh. wrong on that one. I think I did pretty well on the other bets, though. What were your other bets? That they'd make it past 1 o'clock. Yeah, they did. Um, That they would kick the tires on somebody. They literally they, did. They literally did. They made a trade, yeah. Um, I forget the rest. I think that was about it. That was pretty... I think that was pretty much the gist. Yeah. But anyway, this has been another edition of the Eyes on Isles podcast. Mitch, I'll see you next week. See you next week, buddy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.